Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Let's give it up for Pastor Tim. (laughs) Thank you so much. Hey, thank you also. uh, Thanks, Joel. Thanks, David. Uh, I want to welcome our online community. Thank you for joining us this morning. Also, just got to say hello. My mother joins us faithfully out in West Texas, and, and she, she has to have a little taste of Fort Worth. I don't know. Maybe it's a little, little uh, chat with her son that, this way, but, but good to see you, Mom, and, uh, and I hope everyone else is ready to dive into God's Word today. Now, today's going to be very interesting. What I'm about to share today is are, are kind of like two messages. I've never preached two sermons on a Sunday morning, but I have a teaching and I have a preaching section, and they're both t- completely different. But I, I want to do this teaching section up first. So I need for you to open your Bibles to the book of Psalms. Look at Psalm 83. Psalm 83. I'm going to be giving right now a statement on Israel and what's happening in the Middle East. And I feel, I feel this is very important I'm about to share with you. And so I'm going to ask you to listen carefully, listen to everything that I have to say and take it into your heart. Uh, I, I woke up on Saturday morning, eight days ago, and, and the first thing that I noticed was this alarming news that the Hamas uh, terrorist organization, were, that they had found their way into Israel and they were murdering uh, and, and just, just brutally killing and, 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 uh, and they were also kidnapping Israeli citizens up to a thousand innocent civilians in Israel as we know it now uh, have, been, uh, ha- have lost their lives because of what happened on that one day. And it's said that this is the, uh, the most deadly day for Jews, the most deadly day for anybody who calls Israel their home since the Holocaust. And uh, as a result, I think you all are aware, aware, there's just some current events here, Israel's prime minister subsequently declared war on Hamas. And today, right now, um, Israeli soldiers and also American special ops are in Gaza. They're on the ground, and they are beginning what is likely to be a long, bloody war. And, and I think we need to say it as it is. Uh, the goals basically are to eliminate the, they're going to, they say they're going to eliminate the group Hamas and they're going to bring home their hostages and they're going to protect the homeland of Israel. Now, I want to say this up front. War is never lovely. It is horrible. It's horrible. Uh, but I do understand and I agree with the strong response for Israel. And I, want, I, and I want to be very clear. I support Israel. But what's happening in the Middle East right now, this actually began back in the book of Genesis with Abraham, and it's continued through the ages. Uh, after the Holocaust, uh, Israel became a nation again in 1948, which is about 75 years ago. And Interestingly enough, and I believe it was by the hand of God, it is the only nation that was completely eliminated and dissolved and then came back on the map 1900 years later to reclaim its land, which is amazing. And then in 1967, uh, Israel's borders expanded significantly due to attacks because of some, some of the surrounding nations. Now, 
Israel is a Jewish nation. It's a uh, but it's completely surrounded by other nations which are predominantly Muslim. And several of those nations have no desire to see Israel uh, even continue to exist. Uh, The history of Jewish struggles, Israel's struggles with their neighbors, it's deep and it's complex, and that all brings us to today. Now, this, this group in, um, in Gaza that's called Hamas, Hamas is a terror group. It's not a nation. It's a terror group. It's, it's basically, if you can see it this way, it is a gang of ruthless thugs who are committed, even on paper, they are committed to the complete destruction and annihilation of Israel and all the Jewish people. And they're based on this tiny little strip of land, which is called Gaza. It's also called the Gaza Strip, which goes right along the Mediterranean coast. Now, in the Old Testament, that area was actually called Philistia. And so, so but the, the, and the people who live there are called Palestinians. Most of them are Muslims, and some are Bible-believing, God-fearing Christians. Now, it's important that we understand this. Very few of, of those people who actually live there in, uh, in Gaza are actually part of this gang of thugs, which is called Hamas. But the gang rules the Palestinians who are in Gaza. And what Hamas does is they place munitions and arms, they put them in homes, they put it in people's homes, they put them in schools, they put them in hospitals, and, and therefore it makes it very, very difficult for, any, for, for, the, the, uh, for Israel to be able to extract all of this. In fact, the word Hamas does appear in the Hebrew language. It does appear in the Bible. It's first found in Genesis chapter 6, verse 11. It's where the scriptures talk about the time right before the flood when the earth was full of violence. And that word violence in the Hebrew language is the Hebrew term Hamas. The definition of Hamas, as I have it on the screens, is this. It means violence, wrong, and unjust gain. That was established long before any of this happened. And so this, Hamas, uh, violence, wrong, unjust gain, this is what led God to destroy the earth through the great flood. So, so, so you can see that the people of Gaza, they are under the fist of this uh, terrible, and it's appropriately we, that we call them this, a demonic force of evil. But Hamas is only part of the story. To Israel's north is a nation called Lebanon. And it is, again, a primarily Muslim Palestinian nation that's controlled by yet another gang of thugs. And, and these thugs are even more heavily armed, and it's a much more forbi- uh, uh, formidable force, and it's called Hezbollah. You've probably heard of that. And they are strong allies with Hamas. Hezbollah is now, currently, they are now fighting against Israel as well. And this was expected when all of this began. So there's this domino effect that's happening, and it's important that we understand that. It's very obvious that it is likely to get worse. In fact, it's likely to get much worse. I don't want that. I I don't desire that. But I wanted to to state what I believe to be uh, is right around the corner. 
Now, now here's what the concern is. The concern is that the nations who are surrounding Israel on all sides, that they are going to succumb to the pressure of one another and attempt to unite to simply destroy Israel. And that's a concern expressed by anyone who has a good understanding of what's actually has happened and is currently happening in the Middle East. Yet, we also know that Israel is going to fight. It is currently fighting for its survival and will continue to fight for its survival. So, that is the practical and historical context of what's going on. And that's pretty easy to figure out. You can even look that up and, and figure that out if you just do some research. But there's a spiritual context to what's going on as well because, uh, because the spiritual things are spoken about in the scriptures. And so I'm here to present the spiritual side of things. See, the Bible is the word of God and it is the foundation for our faith. It is breathed by God. So we not only look at current events and, and take our cues from current events, but we must look at the spiritual activity that's happening. Now, there are two angles that I want to talk to you about this morning. One, the first one is called what I would call the prophetic angle. Now, it's important to understand this. There are some who are already saying this is the beginning of the Battle of Armageddon, which is found in Revelation chapter 19, which is also known as the Battle of Gog and Magog, which is found in Ezekiel 38 and 39. I'm going to cover a lot of, a lot of things here in just a second, so I hope I don't mean to overrun your brain, but I, I do want to teach this to you here. See, there are other people who are also saying that various uh, little prophecies that are found throughout the book of Revelation are being fulfilled right now with what's going on. Now, I, I, I want to say as a student of the Word of God and as a preacher of the Word of God, I do not believe any of that is the case right now. God gives us uh, prophecy for comfort, and it is not for the purpose of fortune-telling. And, and, and it's important that we don't just little pick, pick little pieces and things and apply them to everything that's happening uh, today. But prophecy does help us to know where things are on God's timetable. Prophecy warns us. Prophecy gives us hope. And ultimately, prophecy lets us know that God is in control. Because when we see things happening and it's in the word, we see, okay, God foreknew this is happening. And God is ultimately in control because we do know how the story ends. So regarding uh, prophecies and revelation, I've done a lot of teaching on this outside of Sunday mornings, but, but I do want to just talk about it very briefly right now, just kind of a headliner. These visions that John had, which are recorded in the book of Revelation, he was told to write them down for the churches. And they, they demonstrate a very clear sequence of events. And those sequence of events start in Revelation chapter number six. That is when Jesus breaks the first of the seven seals. Now, we are not in that time yet. We are in the time of Revelation chapters two and three, where Jesus is speaking to the church, where he's telling the church, get your act together, fulfill your callings. In fact, calling is what I'm preaching about today in my regular sermon. And you need to get prepared for the return of the Lord. So what's happening now in Israel, even though I believe it will likely to become much more intense, it's not Armageddon because that happens at the very end of a seven-year tribulation. And we are not in a period of tribulation yet. And, and, and it's, it's ex also explicitly clear in the book of Revelation, beginning with chapter 6, that there is a sequential 
timeline. It's one of the few places in the Bible where prophecy actually follows a very clear timeline. And, and I know there are and there will be some teachers and possibly preachers instilling fear that Armageddon is about to happen, that there are various seals and there are horsemen and there are trumpets and these bowls of wrath, that those things are occurring now. But I do not believe that is the case for several reasons, but I don't have the, uh, the time to get into all that detail today. But I do want to encourage you to have peace in your heart. Please do that. But I believe also that the current war that is happening in the Middle East may possibly be a war that is prophesied in the Bible. And that is found in Psalm 83. Psalm 83 is a prophetic psalm. Prophecy experts uh, tell us that this Psalm 83 war, that it precedes the war of Gog and Magog, which is found in Ezekiel 38 and 39, also the Battle of Armageddon, which is in Revelation chapter 19. Those two are one and the same, and, and which occur at the very end of this time of tribulation. But the Psalm 83 war sets the stage for Armageddon. And Psalm 83 was written by Asaph, and we also know that Asaph was a prophet. Here's how it begins, and, and follow along with me. I had you open your Bibles to that so you can see it yourself. Reading from the New American Standard Bible, it says, God, do not remain quiet. Do not be silent, and God, do not be still. For behold, your enemies make an uproar, and those who hate you have exalted themselves and make shrewd plans against your people and conspire together against your treasured ones. They have said, come, let's wipe them out as a nation so that the name of Israel will no longer be remembered. For they have conspired together with one mind and they make a covenant against you. And I'll just pause right there now. Just looking at that, that actually feels very, very contemporary, doesn't it? Especially with some of the intelligence reports that I now understand that it were reported late in the week last week that for the past two years, these nations that are surrounding Israel have been secretly meeting together in Lebanon, and it's being sponsored by Iran. And their plan is to annihilate Israel. That makes this even more real. Psalm 83 then goes on, and you can see it yourself there, it goes on to list uh, ancient nations and people groups which speak of uh, literal physical nations and lands today. Now the names have changed since then, uh, but they still refer to the lands and the peoples of those nations today. And they completely surround today's Israel. Take a look at what I have on the map, and, and uh, one of the cameras can catch that as well for people who are watching online. So superimposed on this modern map, superimposed on this, and if someone can get, make sure the cameras are also pointed at these, whenever we have slides, try to point them at, at that so people online can see. Superimposed on this modern map are the names of nations and people groups that are found in Psalm 83. Uh, and I'm just going to go through them very quickly, but Philistia uh, is the Palestinians. It's Gaza. It's where the Hamas is located. The Ishmaelites is, is Saudi Arabia. Assyria is Syria. Uh, the Hagarines or the Hagarites is Egypt. Amalek is, is a, again, these are a portion of North 
northeastern Egypt, uh, Amalek, uh, Gabal is Lebanon, Tyre is Lebanon, that's where the Hezbollah is located. Edom is the ethnic representation of the Palestinians in Jordan. Ammon is Jordan. Moab, Jordan. The children of Lot is Jordan. So, Psalm 93 describes a confederacy that comes together with a cunning plan to literally wipe Israel as a nation off the map. Now, verse 12 of Psalm 83 tells us then later on in this psalm that they want to take possession of the land for themselves. All of this is exactly what Hamas is saying. Now, I've known about this prophetic psalm for quite some time. And you've probably, if you're a Bible reader, you've read through it many times, you've saw it yourself, you probably have skimmed right over it, and, and I completely understand that. But, and, and I've been familiar with it for quite some time, knowing that it is a prophetic psalm, but on Tuesday evening, when I heard my friend Rabbi Andrew Bloom read Psalm 83 during the Fort Worth rally for Israel, Rebecca and I are participating in that on Tuesday, I mean, the lights turned on for me. Because that's when I realized that this actually might be, might be that. Now, I don't know. I'm not a prophet. But if this is the case, Psalm 83, it is God's word and God's word will be fulfilled. Israel will prevail. And all of the surrounding nations who rise up against her will suffer horribly. Now, if this begins to occur, Please understand that the media voices around the world, they're going to turn against Israel. Please be prepared for that. Uh, Just be aware before it happens because it could turn very, very quickly. And this also, though, sets the stage for then what we do find in the book of Revelation that happens later on. Now, ultimately, if this is the Psalm 83 war, it lets us know that the return of Jesus is very, very close. But at the end of the day, only God knows. See, prophecy is only crystal clear after the events have occurred. So hindsight, when it comes to prophecy, hindsight is 2020. So that's the prophetic angle. I told you there's a second angle I wanted to discuss with you today, and I believe this to be more important than the prophetic angle, and it's the practical application angle. And and I I want you to hear this. There are many, there are a lot of Christian Palestinians. There are many Christians in these nations that surround Israel in that ring that I showed you on the screens. These are our spiritual brothers and sisters, and we must pray for them. Some of them are living under horrible regimes, and they could suffer greatly in this war. We need to pray for our Christian brothers and sisters. Also, we need to be praying for peace in Israel. This is a command that's found in Psalm chapter 122, verse 6, it says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So we must pray for Israel, for it is the physical land that was promised to Abraham by God himself. It is Israel's land. Also, we need to be praying for our own nation. 
We need to be praying for our political leaders and for our representatives, both locally and internationally, I mean locally and, and, and nationally on the federal level. We need to pray for wisdom. We need to pray for wise counsel. We also need to pray for our military, for wisdom and protection. Uh, also, another thing we need to be praying for is the Muslim world. Uh, there is this very vocal, radical minority of Muslims, and they're called the Shias, also heard, called Shiite Muslims. You may have heard that terminology before, but very much aware of what all of that is. And this is only about 15% of the Muslims. And, and these are the ones who form the terror groups, uh, as well as the Shia-controlled uh, Iran government. So the Shias, the Shiite Muslims, are the ones who are making the noise right now, and they have been for years. They're the ones who are stirring up the conflict. They also do not represent the vast majority of Muslims. So we need to pray that the, that the plans of these Shiite Muslims are foiled. And that the, the Sunni majority, the Sunni Muslims, which is about 85% of the Muslims in that area and around the world, that they will have the wisdom to deal with their brothers, the Shias. Uh, but most critical of all, they all need Jesus. As Christians, we must demonstrate the life and the love and the power of Jesus. We can never rise up in hatred against an ethnic group or a religious group. We are all about Jesus. And even though God's hand is on Israel, for it certainly is, we also need to know that the Jews, for the most part, who are there, they do not know Christ, and they need Jesus. The Jewish people who do not know Jesus need him just as much as the Shiite Muslims uh, uh, and Hamas and those who are rising up all of this because eternity is a big, big, big thing. They need Jesus just as much as your unbelieving neighbor or your work associate. So church, I'm calling us just like Jesus is calling the church in Revelation 2 and 3, to, I'm calling you to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world, to rise up into your calling and to make Jesus known. And I warn you, be careful of bandwagons that you jump on. Keep this about Jesus. I am standing with Israel 100%. I also know, though, I'm standing with Jesus for salvation for every single lost person. So I want to put up my position on the screens here. And these are, this is basically, first of all, a prayer list. We're going to practice this in a second here. Pray for Israel. Pray for our nation. Pray for Christian brothers and sisters in the war zones. Pray for salvation for the Palestinians and, and the Muslims throughout the Middle East. Pray for Jews to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Pray for our troops in the Middle East. That's the prayer portion. But we also have to take action outside of prayer. Part of that action is, is, kind of, is a negative, and it is to not live in fear. Do not live in fear. We need to be about the Lord's work now. More than ever, church. 
need to spread the gospel. We need to passionately worship our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be serving his kingdom and building the church and being peacemakers. You see, the signs of the return of Jesus are more pronounced now more than ever before. I'm going to ask us to pray those prayer points right now. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we come to you as a church in this room and those who are watching online and we pray for Israel. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for the the hurting families and homes that, that were just devastated by these murders and kidnappings that happened a few days ago and, and the, the this war that is that has now uh, been launched. Uh, we also, God, pray for our nation, for the United States of America and for our leaders and, and for, for, our, uh, for all of our activity at home and abroad. God, we need your help as a nation. And God, we also pray for our Christian brothers and sisters who are in these war zones. God, God, protect them, watch over them. And even as some have come together today to worship you and to, and to praise you and to pray, God, be with them. Lord, be their light, be their salvation, answer their prayers, deliver them and protect them. God, let there even be like an iron dome over their homes and their families and their churches. God, we also pray for the salvation of the Palestinians and the Muslims throughout the Middle East. God, I I pray, just as John prayed earlier, for visions and for dreams and for revelation and for you, Jesus, to make yourself known to them, God. God, we pray for salvation for them so they'll come to the saving knowledge of you. And also pray for Jews. Lord, God, just all these Jews to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, I know that they are your chosen people, but they, they, for the, they rejected Jesus. They rejected Jesus and they crucified him. Oh Lord, I know though that you can also reveal to them the reality through the scriptures that they, that they follow. That you can, you can reveal to them that Jesus Christ is Lord. And God, also pray for uh, our troops who are in the Middle East and, and those who are responding to this. God, for those who are currently on the ground in Gaza, I pray for protection upon them and, and your hand to be upon them. And other American troops who are embedded in various places in the Middle East, even from our own church. God, we pray for blessing and protection and wisdom to be upon them. And for those who are coming in, God, God, I just pray for the protection of God to be upon them. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayers, that you answer our prayers, and that you will do mighty things in the midst of this struggle. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and everyone says, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Church podcast. I would love for you to attend one of our worship services right here in downtown Fort Worth. So if you'd like more information, simply go to citylifefw.org. God bless.